Welcome to Inside the Dome podcast, where we are joined by myself, Daniel Smith, two other co-hosts, Carlin Jacob and John Dodaro. And for this, uh, we're mainly just trying to reach out to you guys, talk about sports, uh, mainly like NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, um, the playoffs, regular season, all that good stuff. And um, here and there, talk about motivation and real life aspects um, that come across your life. So a little bit about me real quick. Um... I currently am a college student at Bowling Green State University in uh, Northwest Ohio, and I currently go there for sport management and I uh, minor in marketing. I'm trying to get a job uh, within the NFL, uh, actively searching for internships in uh, minor league sports, uh, professional sports, and um, I'm very interested and passionate about all types of uh, sports, organizations, stuff like that, and that's kind of why we're doing this, so... So I'm John Dodaro. I go to school at WVU for sports media. My goal is to hopefully, whether it's for ESPN, another media outlet, or even for a sports team, I hope to be involved on the media side, less on the management side. I'm currently a fan of the Pittsburgh sports teams, specifically the Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates. We don't have a team for the NBA, so I became a guess a warrior's bandwagon so uh i'm carlin jacob i am currently an electrician and i'm more your typical uh sports viewer i like to watch all the sports and i'm mainly your current fan i guess um and yeah come on so the first thing we're going to talk about today is the nfl the schedule is going to be released coming up there'll be the primetime games announced so there what do you think the most exciting game will be this season yeah it's a that's a great question um if I really had to pick one, um, I would probably say um, Bengals and uh, Bengals Bills. Um, I think that rematch is honestly more than just football. I think it's um, especially what happened um, after the whole the whole Demar Hamlin incident. I think that this gives a good, this is a good opportunity for um, both teams to kind of like I guess. You could say you could even say finish the game, right? Because they they didn't even get a chance to finish the game the first time, which is honestly, um, as sad as it is, it, w- it was the right thing at, in the in the moment. Um, but I, they're both uh, really good teams in the AFC, um, both competing for a Super Bowl still. Um, both have yet to win with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, so we're kind of still waiting to see what happens with both of those quarterbacks. But I think at the end of the day, it's still both of those teams good really really good teams who are battling it out on the field and um i think uh it'll all end well for both teams for sure but uh do you think though that they are still the top teams in the afc do Do i think last season they had a regular season game they had a postseason game but they did do the postseason game the Bengals won but do you think the teams are still as good as they are now um, are you asking, like, compared to last year? Yeah, compared to last year. Do I think they're better, or, like... Yeah. Do you think the matchup is still as exciting as it was last year? I think, um, I think the matchup is still exciting, especially after what happened, and, and you don't even know, because you also have to think, DeMar Hamlin was just clear to play football again, which is very... Do you think I, he'll I, play? I, do I think he'll play? Um, I don't think he personally should play at all. I don't think he should, but... I think there is a chance he can come back. Um, but I think that both teams still are like Super Bowl contenders. They're both good organizations. I think they're going to compete how they did last year, for sure. 
Because for me, at least, I think one of the best AFC games will be the Bengals and Chiefs. Because the Chiefs, every single year... First off, their wide receiver course sucks when you look at it on paper. But the Chiefs continue. Last year, they thought that whole division's going to be stacked every single game. Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. They thought that the Chiefs would potentially be the worst team in the league. But they stayed elite. Their games were still elite. They're going to be the top team to beat, no matter what. So, in my opinion, the Bills, though. The Bills, honestly, they had a great season, but they sucked in the playoffs. They yeah. literally... I don't even know what they do, because Josh Allen didn't get it done. But are they going... What did they do to fix their team? Are they really going to be like as exciting as they were last year? Like Last year, they started off great. First week, they dominated the Rams. And then... They had they had a little slump in the middle. They lost multiple games. Josh Allen didn't look as good. They lost to the Vikings because Josh Allen threw a terrible pick. That ended up being a bad trend later on. But And then they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs. So are the Bills really that good of a team that you can respect? Um, I, I think they're respectable enough, in a sense. Um, I will I will say, though, before we pass this, the same question over to uh, Carlin... I do want to add, uh, for my personal opinion, I do believe that this matchup still has the potential to be one of the greats this season. And I think last year, in my in my personal opinion, the Bills Vikings game that was in I, I I don't know where it was it was it was it in Minnesota no, or it was, it was in, in Buffalo. Buffalo. It was I think that was the best game of the season last it year. It was. It, it was. was. I think that this Bills Bengals game will has potential to be like the best. But I do want to add. In my personal opinion, Josh Allen will not win them. He might win them one Super Bowl, but he is the same he is the same quarterback as Philip Rivers. The same. Philip Rivers had a lot of weapons around him, like Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates. He he even had uh he even had like Keenan Allen for a little while. And and like, you know, and Keenan Allen's getting older now. I both elite. of the he's still elite, but I'm saying like Philip Rivers only won one Super Bowl. I I believe he won one Super Bowl. Is that no? He did not win a Super Bowl. I think he's more like Dan Marino. Can you explain on that? Dan Marino is one of the greatest um, quarterbacks to play in Miami. He didn't yes. go with the perfect season, but he never won a Super Bowl. I do not think Josh Allen will ever win the Bills a Super Bowl, just because they've been the top dog in their division for years, ever since Brady left. And they haven't got it done. Now you've got Aaron Rodgers coming into your division. Mm -hmm. Which I do not think the Jets are going to be that good. I think they're going to be third in their division. Uh huh. Understandable. But anyways, I think he's more like Dan Marino. He can get him to the Super Bowl, I think. But I don't think he'll ever win him a Super Bowl. Having to go through a rough Niners team and other teams in the NFC. I really don't think he'll ever get it done. You think the Bills will be the best team in the division? Oh, for sure. 1,000%. I think they'll definitely beat it, but they're going to lose, like... I mean, it's the rivalry games. They're going to lose to Miami. They're probably going to lose to the Jets. And they're going to struggle against the Patriots. But I I think they're going to still be top dog. Then it's going to go Miami, then the Jets, then the Patriots. I, agree. I mean, if you do think about it, Miami could have beaten Buffalo in the first round if they had Tua 
playing. They had Skylar Thompson playing, and they nearly lost. So. But I will say, if Tua doesn't play majority of the season, I think the Jets will sneak in to the second place. Just because you got an experienced quarterback. I completely agree. Everything that you just said. Like, 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 the, like the AFC East rankings and all that, that's exactly what I have processed as I'd well. I'd say for me, for the that division, I think the Bills probably could win it. I'd say I think they are good enough. They've proven that they can beat the Patriots, who I think out of all of the teams in that division, they have the best defense. They've been consistent all the time. But I think Buffalo will probably win the division after that, though. The Jets, I see them like the Brady Bucks their first season. They started out struggling, but then they ended up winning the Super Bowl because they got the players that Brady liked. They had Gronk, A.B., Fournette. If Aaron Rodgers can bring in more people throughout the season, potentially, who knows? I mean, A.B. Yeah. He said he's back with the Ravens the one week. Uh-huh. That's a good so, point. So, if Aaron Rodgers can build a good team around him, he's already started by getting Lazard. I think the Jets, I mean, you got Brees Hall already. He'll be back. They got the pit running back. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to say his name, but he, he was a stud at Pitt. He really was. Absolute stud at running back. They have him, Michael Carter in the backfield, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Harmon, Corey Davis. I mean, their defense, Sauce Gardner, they're trying to re-sign Quinn Williams. They have a good team overall. Rodgers is still playing at an elite level. The Steelers, though, screwed them out of getting Broderick Jones, so... Their O-line might be the question because yeah. Brady was able to get an O-lineman in the first round. But I think the Jets can make some moves, though. And I think, will they have some of the best games? I'm not fully sure. I mean, they could turn out to be the Broncos. I mean, everyone hyped them up last year, Russell Wilson. They got more for Russell Wilson than they did for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, I, I do want to ask you, though. What do you think, like, in, in your opinion, what is the best NFL game uh, like projected this season wise so far in, in your opinion Carlin in my personal opinion I've looked at a lot of them Steelers Jags has me intrigued why is that the Jags obviously I have a feeling are gonna absolutely destroy the South um I didn't dive too much into their schedule but <coughs> I will say uh, with two rookie quarterbacks going in to your division actually three will Levis um, Richardson, oh, he, Richardson, yeah, and, and, and Bryce Young, Bryce Young, no Stroud, Stroud, CJ Stroud. Oh wait, I'm thinking yes, oh, I'm CJ thinking, Stroud. Yeah, 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 I'm thinking of it. You okay. have three rookie oh, quarterbacks yeah. going into your division. Trevor Lawrence is going to destroy them all, destroy them all. They're probably going to drop one or two games just because the rivalry games mean a lot to you. Think Derrick Henry could run over the Jags? That's been a trend. I think so. I think he will, but I still think the Jags are going to win. But. It's the same scenario with the Steelers. Granted, you got Lamar coming back, you got Burrow in the division, you got Watson, which the AFC North is going to be a huge toss-up in the air depending on how every team plays. But Kenny Pickett's got a lot to prove this year. He's got a lot to prove. They have great weapons in the wide receiver room if they actually can throw the ball to them and not go down the sideline half the time. But both quarterbacks have to prove themselves, and Yes, uh, the Jags did win that uh, playoff game, but he threw four picks in the beginning of the game, which could be a little bit of like nerves, never playing yeah. in a playoff game. Biggest 
playoff game and home game attendance in Jacksonville history, that game. Mm -hmm. But I seriously think that game has a very interesting matchup. I could see them putting it on prime time. I really could. Maybe like a Thursday night or a Monday night football game. Both teams have a lot to prove, and I think it could be a very good game. Now Now with that, do you think Trevor Lawrence... Do you think, like, they're going to put him in primetime games probably. Do you think he makes that third-year jump that Josh Allen did? Do you think he becomes an elite quarterback this year? Oh, a thousand percent. One hundred percent. And they almost beat Kansas City in Kansas City for the divisional game. I mean, obviously Mahomes got injured, and then half the time all they were talking about the whole game is that he got injured. But Trevor Lawrence didn't play bad from what I recall. Yeah. I think that he could honestly beat Patrick Mahomes. He could be his kryptonite that they've always had next to Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think that this, he should do better, ideally. He's got Calvin Ridley, who in Atlanta was an elite wide receiver. They got him back. Christian Kirk. They have great weapons. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he'll be able to do enough to win his division, probably. Can he be a top five quarterback? I'd say no. I don't think he might be an all-star or a pro bowler. He might be that. I don't know if he's going to be a top five, but I think he'll do enough. I think he might still show mistakes. I don't think he just makes that magic jump to elite status, but I think they'll easily win the division. They have probably the worst division in football right now because, I mean... The Texans are rebuilding. They're still finishing. The Titans are a mess. They're a train wreck. They're already... The news with Malik Willis. He might be off the team. He might not even make the cut. So, they're a terrible franchise. They're a terrible franchise right now. That whole division is terrible. Trevor Lawrence should easily win. Therefore, I think the Jags games will probably get the primetime slots, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm a... I completely agree. I I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to make that jump to a top five quarterback in the league. Um, I think he has a chance. I really I I really do. Um, I think he has obviously like the potential to do it. And I've and I've been saying that since he was at Clemson. The the dude can flat out play. I mean, the dude can flat out play. He threw four interceptions, like you were saying, Carlin, in the beginning of that game against the Chargers. And they still came back and barely won. I mean, like, he 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 is a tough player, and I'm and he he can make that jump into top five. I really think he can. But while we're still like focusing, oh, Carlin, what's up? Uh, I want to see something real quick. Um, continue though. Yeah, I um, another player that I'm really watching out to make a jump this year, and I know that um, uh, Field Yates and Mike Clay on like the uh, ESPN fantasy channel, um, they were saying that their like top guy to make a jump this year is Kenny Pickett. That's what he said. Uh-huh. And I think Kenny Pickett can do it. Like I, There's a lot of people I see on social media who really do doubt him. And I know I'm a little biased because we're all Steelers fans and we're all like diehard Steelers fans. Um, I think Kenny Pickett has the potential. And I think with the weapons that um, Omar Khan's surrounding him with, and uh, Mike Tomlin's a excellent coach. I think that this team has a chance to win a Super Bowl within the next five to seven years. Um, my only fear 
is our linebackers and our offensive coordinator. And I think another fear too, just briefly, uh, I think we say five to seven years, but the windows shrink now because look at the extensions these quarterbacks get. If Pickett's the guy, you probably got like, I'd say three years yeah. max before you got to pay him. If he is the guy, well, you got to pay him. The other and then thing, you'll lose people. The other thing is too is I'm not more concerned about winning games this year. I'm more concerned about winning the division. You got the AFC North from what I've seen, has one of the easiest schedules this year. They play a lot of crappy teams this year. So each team can have a chance to win. So, like, granted, let's say you take three losses to each divisional <coughs> team in your division. Like, each team, you know what I mean? So, like, Ravens have three losses, yada, yada, yada. Um, it goes down to that. Who will make the top slot? And then you have to think about it. Let's say the AFC East, for example, too, does play all the games. Miami has a fantastic record. Like, if the Steelers, like, lose the two key important games to the Bengals or the Ravens, and they're the number one in the division, well, like, the Steelers would be a seven seed, or they might not even make it because everywhere else is a harder division to beat. Yeah. Like, it's a toss-up. Um, I, I do want to like stay on the topic of NFL real quick. And I, I briefly just want to mention, um, I, you guys probably will see this in a couple days, but the Matt Areza information, Matt Areza information, I think that, um, I mean, we're not going to dive too deep into it, but if, uh, the viewers out there, if you guys don't know, he basically was, um, he was accused of, um, sexual misconduct and a lot of other, um, Illegal acts that were allegedly um, placed against him, and today he was found um, not guilty. He was actually found. Um, they said that he wasn't in the same area as the incident was happening. Happening, um, and this is a guy. If you don't know who Matareza is, he uh, he was the Bills punter at the beginning of last year, like like a training camp beginning of the year, um, and they cut him whenever these allegations surfaced. And it's sad to see because he's a rookie and he lost his job because he was hit with these allegations. And now who knows? Who knows even if the Bills will take him back? Who knows if a team will take him back? But I just think that it's 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 something pretty uh, cruel and corrupt how someone can kind of just like flash your career like that. You know, and I, I think it, I think it's bad. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Um so the incident was specifically a woman said that he was involved in a gang rape, that he was there, and that she was 17. I don't know fully what's true about that, but the prosecutor said that he was not in the room. He was not even there. So he's been cleared. I would say it does suck. I mean, it, it had to happen. He, it's hard to keep him on the team with that looming. But, I mean, hopefully now, I mean, this should be off his record now. So he should be able to get a team, like he should get a team offer at this point. I agree. I, he, he's an excellent punter too. He's a, he's a very good punter. Um, but I, I briefly, I, I do want to lean away from the NFL a little bit because it isn't the NFL season currently. I, as much as we love the NFL, we could talk about the NFL for hours. I mean, like literally yeah. four hours. But I do want to dive a little bit more into 
um, the NBA and the current playoffs and what's going on with that, uh, the specific teams that are within the playoffs. Um, but I've, I, first I want to start off with this million-dollar question, and I'm going to kick it to you, John. Bring it. Who is letting Steph Curry down these playoffs right now? One uh, player on their team, or it could be two. Who is letting Steph Curry down these playoffs? I could say like three or four, honestly, because this last game that happened yesterday, I mean, it was huge because if you lose, you're down three to one against the Lakers. They lost that game. Jordan Poole, we'll start with him briefly. I know you want to rant about him. You hate that man. Mm -hmm. But he had zero points. He had absolutely zero. Clay Thompson had nine. He went three for 11 at the field goal. And three for nine, three-pointers. Jordan Poole missed everything. Draymond Green, at the end of the game, he had to pass it in. They called a timeout. They designed a play. Draymond Green literally threw it in the middle of nothing. He literally... They called timeout. And they designed a play. Draymond Green throws it away. So he's sold. Jordan Poole sold. Klay Thompson sold. But even <coughs> Steph Curry, too. He had a triple-double that game. 31 points, but he still had a bad game when you really look at it. He was 3 for 14 at the three-point line, and then there's like 20 seconds left. Steph Curry just decides to shoot more threes against Anthony Davis. He missed them both. So <coughs> you say, like, who let Steph Curry down? I think the whole team honestly failed. Even Steph Curry, who had a great game for the most part, he sold two. And he, at the end, after Draymond Green made that terrible pass, Steph Curry, lying on the ground, just threw it over his head to nothing. Like, yeah. they sold the Warriors. I don't know what they can do because you have Jordan Poole, who can't shoot to save his life right now. Klay Thompson, I mean, hopefully they can get to a Game 6. I mean, Game 6 Clay, maybe. Draymond Green, I don't even know about him anymore. He's going to stomp somebody at this point. Yeah. Oh, Kevon yeah. Looney, who would be getting their rebounds, is sick or something. So he only played for 11 minutes last game. He's not even... He wasn't out... He needed to be out there. They were missing rebounds. And then Gary Payton, who was actually having a good game, he wasn't out there at the end. He wasn't out there. They had Moody out there. I don't get it. They have Jermichael Green starting games, too. So it's like, if you're going to beat the Lakers, come back. You have to change something up. Oh, no, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, and, and the stats really don't lie for itself. If I had to pick one person that was letting Steph Curry down, I, I got to go with Jordan Poole. At the end of the day, I got to go with Jordan Poole. I mean, and that's, I, 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 do, I just want, so Steph Curry against the Lakers. This man is averaging 30 points per game. Six and a half assists, but I will say from th from the three point range, this dude is shooting about thirty four point six percent. That's not that's that's not Steph Curry. That's yeah. not Steph Curry. Um, not been himself. He's not been himself. He's averaging just under fifty percent from the uh, from inside the paint field. Um, game one, he had twenty seven. Game two, he had twenty. Game three, 23, and game four, he had 31. I mean, the dude's kind of sitting at a little happy medium right now. I mean, a guy who is, who is honestly, who is for sure top 15 of all time, 
he should be averaging more than 30. Um, but I do want to talk about Jordan Poole real quick. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is a guy that they paid last year for four years, $128 million, and he's making $32 million a year. He's making, he's making $32 million a year, and he's played in the NBA for, what, three, four seasons now? I, wanna, I want you guys to listen when I say this. this du- him and Clay Thompson in Game 4 yesterday, they combined for a total of nine points. And guess who had all those nine points? Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole didn't score a single basket the entire game. And combined... They were 3 for 15 from the field. What is happening? What is it? Splash Brothers? Did that die like six years ago? I mean, come on now. Like, Clay Clay can't hit a shot. The dude's been out for two years. I get it. I get it. All respect to him. The dude's coming back. He's like, he's playing basketball to what he can, but he ain't Clay Thompson. He's not Clay Thompson. Jordan Poole is pissing me off. Like, utterly pissing me off. The dude's getting paid $128 million over the course of four years. And this dude has, in my opinion, the biggest, actually, I I would say the second biggest behind Dylan Brooks, the second biggest attitude problem in the NBA. I do you I don't know if Carlin, do you remember this? Do you remember whenever did you hear about whenever him and Draymond got into a fist fight at practice? Yes, I Yes, Uh Uh-huh. Him and Draymond got into a fist fight at practice. Ever since then, those two have not been clicking the same. I don't know what the problem is. But at the even if the Warriors are down three to one right now, the reigning NBA champions are down three to one right now. That shouldn't that, that shouldn't happen. That I, I'm actually like disgusted. I'm disgusted. Like how how is this organization going to pay a guy 128 million dollars over the course of four years, and they're losing three to one to a team who's an are they what they're an eight seed seven, seven seed? seed? They're a, like, like what are they doing? Like you're the reigning champions. Get a grip. It does. I don't care if they come back down three to like from three to one and they win the NBA Finals. Either Jordan Poole or Draymond is gone. One of the two is gone. They're making change and they're making change quick because some, like something's gonna happen. At least for me, I have faith. I'm a Warriors fan. I still have faith. The games have been closer, but at least Clay Thompson. I know we've been bashing the crap out of him lately. But game one, he had 25 points. Game two, he had 30 points. Klay Thompson, if he had a bad game, I have faith that he can rebound. Jordan Poole, though, I I think it's just mental at this point. I think mentally, I don't know if he has it this series. I think, honestly, Steve Kerr might just have to bench him, I would say. Yeah, no, I... I uh I think it's best, and you, you you definitely hate to bench a guy who's making that that kind of money for your organization. But um yeah, I would say though about Jordan Poole, I wouldn't fully give up on him because Draymond Green, he's older, but Jordan Poole he is younger though. So I think younger players have the chance to get better at this point. When you're in your thirties, like Draymond Green, like we're bashing him, like. I don't see him improving much. Jordan Poole, though, like he might be out for this series. I mean, maybe if they somehow beat the Lakers, they might be able to get him back in a groove. But mm-hmm. yeah, speaking of speaking of the Lakers too, I, I do want to ask this: Is there a chance that they win like an like an NBA title this year? And I want I want I want Carlin to answer this. Do you think the the Los Angeles Lakers 
can win the NBA championship this this year specifically. I saw a stat the other day, and it was saying like how many like forty two team like win teams have been to the NBA playoffs. It's like set, it's like four or something, and I don't think they've ever won. I don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, but I really don't think the Lakers can do it. I mean, obviously they're kicking Golden State's butt, but I will say that having like the Celtics or the Sixers on the other side, it's not looking good. And also the Nuggets and the Suns, I I just don't think they can do it. Do I think that though they're gonna obviously beat the Warriors? No doubt about it. But I seriously don't see them winning at all. I really don't. I think, I mean, they got tough competition. They're, they're going to have to play the Nuggets or the Suns next. If, the, if they can beat the Warriors. That's not even, like, they're not even confirmed to move on yet. They've had close games. But I do think this year, compared to other years, because before it's like, oh, it's LeBron and AD. It's literally just them two carrying. This year, I think they have depth. Because Austin Reeves, last game, he had 21 points. You had the Lonnie Walker show, literally. He's the only reason why they won this past game. He had 15 points on the fourth. I do think they have the depth to beat teams. I think they do. It really just depends on if their stars perform. Anthony Davis, I mean, god damn, he's injured every other day. So if he's out, they're done. So, I mean, there are easily factors, but I do think the Warriors are a very good team. They're flawed. They're not playing to their potential right now, but they're a very good team. So, they beat the Memphis Grizzlies, who are also a very good team. They were running the West for a while. They can easily beat the Nuggets or Suns. They could easily beat the Celtics, Sixers, Heat, Knicks. Mm -hmm. Will they? I don't know, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, I I think it's possible. I just think it's gonna to be tough, but I, I do want to transition this question real quick. I, I do want I do want to kind of stay with the Lakers because I I think they're arguably like the most interesting team in these in like the playoffs right now. They are especially like with the Lonnie Walker show yesterday. Like they are arguably like the most interesting team. If LeBron James and the Lakers, if Le, if LeBron James wins a fifth ring this year. Is he the GOAT, undisputed? Jordan has six, right? Jordan has six. Jordan has never lost in the NBA Finals. He is 6-0, never lost, ever. If LeBron James can catch Jordan, then he's definitely, I think it's a legit debate. I still think Jordan as a player in general is better. I think LeBron, I mean, he's a crybaby at times. You see how he acts, honestly. But I do think that once he gets to the point, I mean, he has the most points. Out of everybody. He has the stats. If he gets to the point, like, I may not like him the most as a player, but if he gets the stats, he might be the GOAT. I think I, I, I think he has the stats. I, I Okay, I think, I think Jordan is a better basketball player overall, but listen, listen to LeBron's career stats here. He holds the all... He is the all-time leading scorer with... Nearly 39,000 points. He has the most consecutive double-digit scoring games in almost 1,100. He has been selected All-NBA first team 13 times. He has the most 20-point games in NBA history with 1,171. 
He is the only player in NBA history to record at least 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and at least tw- and at least 10,000 assists. He is the only player oh, actually he's yeah, he's the only player in NBA history to be top 5 in like the column of like points, top 10 assists all time, top 10 steals. Like he's the only player. He is one of two players in NBA history to win four like NBA league MVPs and four finals MVPs. The other one's Jordan. He also has the most all-time playoff points with 7,600. And he has the most of all-time playoff wins with 174. And he's but he has played in the most playoff games. 266. Like this, he's been playing a lot longer than Jordan, which is why most of these stats are a lot more advanced, and that's why he holds these records. Because he's been, he's been in the league for what twenty years now. I mean, that also means he's lost a lot too. Oh yeah, you mentioned the Jordan stat and the championships. Like that also means he's lost a lot. I think too this series will matter because, I mean, you can maybe answer this: Has he carried this? LeBron? Yeah, no. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, uh, I don't, I don't think he's carried. I will say the one dude who hasn't carried is Anthony Davis. That's a different topic, but he isn't him and LeBron hasn't played his greatest, but he hasn't played his worst. Even when Dylan Brooks called him out, LeBron has never dropped 40 after that. Yeah. The team dropped 40 mm-hmm. on the Grizzlies. They beat him by 40, but LeBron didn't. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Like, here's my thing, right? Obviously, you're talking two different years of basketball. Talking the 90s dynasty with Jordan. You're talking the 2000s with uh, LeBron. And they're two different types of players, obviously. Two different types of games. But, like, then you have to think about it. LeBron has been to the Cavs, the Heat, back to the Cavs, and now to the Lakers, right? Jordan only stayed in Chicago. And then, obviously, he retired. He came out of retirement and went to the Wizards for, like, two years, and then he was done. He also played baseball for a little bit. Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he did play baseball. He did play baseball. He did play bit. baseball. But he stayed with the same team. He stayed with the same coach, and he stayed with the same players. He had a dynasty with him. He LeBron did. didn't. So, like, I would – I still say Jordan at heart, but LeBron has proved himself so, so much because – like, then you have to think about it. If Jordan went to different teams, could Jordan carry those teams to the championship? And, like, LeBron kind of went to different teams and carried them with the Heat, with the Cavs, and then he joined a yeah. elite Lakers squad in the 2020s. So, like, I don't know. I, I say they're both equal, but I my gut says Jordan all day. Jordan's probably the greatest of mm-hmm. all time. Now, I say LeBron hasn't carried the Lakers, but... There have been players that have carried their teams these playoffs. So who would you think has been the best player so far these playoffs? The best player so far these NBA playoffs. I'm going to have to go Devin Booker. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Um, I just saw this stat today and it blew, it blew me away. He has had, over the last two games... He has had at least 35 points, and he's shot 75% from the field over the last two games. He is the first player to do that in NBA history. The first player. I mean, 
throughout the playoffs so far, first and second round, they've played tonight, and I'm telling you, I'm rooting for the dude because he has gotten backlash year after year. And I, I, I'm so is DeAndre Ayton, but I mean, I haven't seen much of him. But sticking to Devin Booker here, the dude, so far these playoffs in both these series, he's shooting 61.7% from the field, from three-point range, just over 50%, and from the free throw line, he's 87%. Like, the dude's positive. Like, he shoot, he's shooting the rock well. And he, like... Against the Clippers, the lowest game, like, it only went to a game five. He dropped 26, 38, 45, 30, and 47. He had a, he had a double-double in game five, and so far against the Nuggets, he had one double-double, and that was game four. The dude dropped 27, and the last three, <clears throat> excuse me, were 35, 47, and 36. The dude's just undoubtedly balling. And there's every a lot of people, especially I've seen on social media, they're saying he's he's completely carrying the Suns. And I, I think he is. I think that Kevin Durant's a big help. I think Chris Paul being out, I mean, it has an effect. But I think that Devin Booker, like even the stats are right there. The dude's positive. He's over 50% in everything. He's he's shooting excellent and he's dropping double doubles. He's the lowest amount of points he's scored so far in the entire playoffs is 26. Like the dude can the dude's playing ball. It's unbelievable. Like, what do you think, John? So I think Devin Booker is my number two. The reason why he's my number two is because the Suns going into the playoffs, they weren't seeded the best, but they had a super team. KD, he goes to super teams at this point. You had KD, you had Devin Booker, you had Chris Paul, you had Aiden. Aiden's been terrible. Chris Paul's not really... I mean, he's a good game manager, but other than that, he's not really elite. So, and I would say in some of these later games that the Suns have won, it has been carrying with Booker and Kevin Durant. They've both been putting up a lot. Booker's been better, but he has had Kevin Durant to help him in general. But really, Booker shouldn't be carrying. I think it's more of a knock on the Suns as a whole. He shouldn't be carrying this team. They have the talent, and they do have Kevin Durant, so that's why he's my number two right now. My number one, though, I'm sure many people can think this, it's Jimmy Butler, because Miami Heat were an eight seed. They were no lock. They had to go in the playoff tournament, too, the playing tournament. They had to win that. Then they got in, had to play the Bucks, who, I mean, God, they might have one of the best teams on paper. And Jimmy Butler is the only reason why they made it past the Bucks. I mean, the big game that happened, he had 56 points. 56. Did Devin Booker have 56? I don't think so. He has the supporting cast. I mean, he has Kevin Love. He has Adebayo. He lost Tyler Hero. His supporting, he has no Kevin Durant on his team. It's really him. If he goes down, the Heat go down completely. If Devin Booker goes down, you still have Kevin Durant in the returning Chris Paul. You have people that can get wins. But Jimmy Butler, you look at the series against the Knicks. Game 1, he had 25 points. Game 2, he didn't play. Game 3, 28. Game 4, 27. With 10 assists that game, too. He is their team. They're up 3-1 to one now. 3-1 three, three to one against the Knicks. Oh, okay. 
Understandable. I think uh, it's Jimmy Butler, in my opinion. All right, a little bit, little, little counter here. Um, I do want to add um, that series against the Bucks. Giannis didn't play half of it. He didn't. Giannis didn't play half that series, and Giannis is the reason the Bucks are in the playoffs. I mean, Drew Holiday. He could be the MVP. Giannis. Drew, I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like Drew Holiday is, is a very underrated player, but like the if the Bucks don't have Giannis. They're not the Bucks, and I think that's also a big part to Jimmy Butler and the Heat winning that series. And I also think that their series now against the Knicks isn't really much of a test. I'm a Knicks fan, and the franchise is pretty poverty. Like if you've seen what we've done over the past few years, it's been pretty embarrassing. I don't know what the organization's thinking. I don't know what I, I don't understand the moves they make. But I think that, like, I don't, I don't think Jimmy Butler is really getting tested. Devin Booker has dropped 47 twice already and 45 once. So the dude's nearly had three 50-point games, and he's dropped four. Yeah, he's had four games where he's dropped 30 or more points. And he's had two double-doubles so far, nearly, nearly like five or six. And... Kevin, like Kevin Durant's there, but he, Kevin Durant's not taking like these final shots. Kevin Durant's not like Kevin Durant's not like how he was on Golden State. Like this, like this is the, over the past two series. This has been Devin Booker's show, undoubtedly, and I think it is the same with Jimmy Butler. I think it's been the Jimmy Butler show in Miami. But you, like, I'm I'm not knocking off Kevin Durant. Chris Paul hasn't played a damn minute. Like, I mean, what is he doing? He broke the Scott Foster curse. Like, the dude's been the dude's been AFK. He's absent. Like, they have they have Kevin Durant, mainly him and Chris Paul. They got other guys like DeAndre Ayton. and they got. I mean, like they have all those. Like, I mean, but like Jimmy Butler, he had like I mean they they don't have Tyler Hero, but he still has like Bam at a bio. He's still, I mean, Duncan Robinson's a shooter, even though he's been tossing up bricks left and right recently. I mean, like, they still have a solid team around him, both of them. I think, I think they're both one and two. I think they're both one and two. What do you think? See, like, here's the thing, right? This NBA playoffs is very, very interesting to me. Obviously, you have the Heat and the Knicks. You have the Gold, you have Golden State and Lakers. You have, um, just a whole bunch of interesting stuff going on. And honestly, like, going back to the Lakers question, if they could win it all this year, if somehow Jimmy Butler carries the heat to the playoffs, I seriously think... To the think, playoffs? Not the playoffs, you know what I mean, the finals. The Lakers could seriously beat them, I really think. And obviously, they're up 3-1, to one, you said, against the Knicks. I think they're going to beat the Knicks, obviously, move on, and then it's either going to be Philly or Boston. And right now, it's looking more like Philly. Yeah, for sure. It is. Cause in Boston, they're playing. Today. Boston's my team, and I love Boston, <coughs> but I really don't think they're going to get the job done. Even though they were yeah. favored to win the finals this year, and they're probably going to lose to Philly. So then it's just going to be a whole bunch of random stuff going on this year, and no one predicted any of this. Everyone thought the Bucks were going to be favored. Everyone thought the Celtics were going to be favored. No one thought these six and seven and eight teams were going to make it. To this point where we're at. Yeah, the Lakers and Warriors are a 6-7 and seven seed right yeah. now. I mean, who would expect that? Yeah. I will say, though, just to wrap up my point on Jimmy Butler, normally 
when you decide like who the best player is, you pick a game, like their defining game. For me, I look at game four, the 56-point game. That game did have Giannis in it. He was in it. Brock Lopez, their center, had over 30 points that game too. They had contributors, and Jimmy Butler put the team on his back. So I think, and honestly, I think it it could be the Heat and Suns. So honestly, Jimmy Butler and Devin Booker might go against each other. That'll be a very interesting. If that, if that does happen, that would be a great NBA Finals for sure. But uh, while we're sticking on the concept of kind of like best player, these playoffs, I do want to switch leagues. I do want to switch leagues once again. John, this is mainly going to you, my guy, because you're oh, yeah. a big hockey guy. Oh, yeah. You're a big hockey guy. So I want, for, uh, from your standpoint, who has been the best player these NHL playoffs? So there are a lot of great players so far, but when you, for the teams that are left, one of the big favorites is the Oilers, because you think of Connor McDavid. You both know who he is. Yeah. But he's not even been the best player. For the Oilers, they've had a duo that's carried their team. Leon Dreisaitl, right now, nine games played. He already, in the second round, has 13 goals. 13. He had four goals game one against Vegas. Four. And they lost that game, too. I mean, you can make an argument for McDavid or Dreisaitl. McDavid's been almost as good. But if you have 13 goals in the second round already, I mean, Dreisaitl's been incredible. He would be the cons my favorite. Oilers... I predicted the the Oilers to win it all. I think they have the best offense in the league. Their offense could be anybody with their talent. They have guys like Evander Kane, Nugent Hopkins. Their power play is the deadliest power play in the whole league ever. Any year, ever. It is the deadliest power play. They've done it against the Kings, who the Kings were very good defensively. They had two great defensive forwards and Kopitar and Denault and they were able to get through them and now they are still killing Vegas with that power play they are down two to one though because their defense is questioned and their goaltender is also questioned and Stuart Skinner but Dreisaitl and McDavid specifically Dreisaitl have carried this team they are the most exciting team to watch right now if you had to pick a game to watch it would be them because of McDavid and Dreisaitl but right now Dreisaitl is the MVP yeah um, just to tag off that, uh, final score for this recent game, you guys probably will see this by now, but Hurricanes just beat the Devils 6-1. Wow. to one. So, Carolina is up 3-1 to one in that series, and, uh, that's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with the Kraken and the Stars tonight. Um, Kraken are up 2-1, to one, but the main hockey team, did you want to add on to that, Jakey, or you mean to move on here? You can move on, because the main team that I really do want to talk about is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I know, I know you too. too I, I know you do uh, too, John. Um, but Toronto Maple Leafs have been a complete and utter joke to hockey. Complete and utter joke. They're the Cowboys of the NF of the NHL. Oh yeah, they're the Cowboys. They have probably the biggest fan base in the NHL. The Maple Leafs. Same with the Cowboys. Cowboys probably the biggest fan base, and they both suck in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, just a little insight about the Maple Leafs. If you don't know. The last time that they won a championship, or a Stanley Cup, I mean. Yeah. Stanley Cup. I mean, the same thing, yeah, whatever. Was 1967. That's a long time ago. That is a long time ago. Over the past 10 seasons, 
they have made the playoffs seven times, which is 70%, which is good, right? They've won one series out of those seven seasons. One series. One series. And you know when it was? This past year. They beat the they beat the Lightning. They beat the Lightning. For the first time in how long? They they haven't been able to beat Tampa Bay in years. Tampa Bay Tampa Bay has come back down from like 3 to 1 against them before. And that, like that like since since 2013, they're 22 and 29 in the playoffs. Like they're under 50 like they're under 50 like what are they doing? Yeah. Or well no, they're what are you like I mean like I will say the Maple Leafs if they didn't beat the Lightning, they would be I mean, their GM would have been fired. Everyone, it would have been blown up because the Maple Leafs, they made great moves. They got Ryan O'Reilly, who's the captain of the St. Louis Blues. They brought him in as a third-line center, and he contributed. The Lightning, they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They lost in the finals this past year, and their team has steadily regressed. So they, the Maple Leafs should have beat them, and they did. They beat them in six. I honestly thought they were going to lose in seven because that's what they love to do. But they surprisingly won in six. And now they're playing the Panthers, who the Panthers, we're Penguins fans here. The Panthers barely got in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It was a three-way race between the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Panthers. The Penguins controlled their own destiny. They had to beat the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets. They failed to beat either, and therefore the Panthers snuck into the playoffs. Now... The Panthers beat Boston in seven, who Boston had the best regular season of all time. And now, you would think Toronto, I mean, it's a good competition between the Florida Panthers. I mean, they're a legitimate team. But they're getting killed 3 nothing right now. It's 3 nothing. They're getting, the Maple Leafs are getting embarrassed right now. They've made it to the second round. Great. But they're getting killed. So honestly, I mean the, I mean the Lightning might have put up a better fight at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. It's, For the first time since 2013, too. Like this is like yeah. this is the first time they've won a series. Yeah, I mean they're a joke of a franchise. I don't even care that they made it past the first round. If they lose this round, they're still a joke. They're equally a joke. I mean it's not. It shouldn't save people's jobs that they made it out of one round. I mean, I mean a lot of NHL fans hate the Maple Leafs. I mean, they're a hated team, but I they're just a terrible franchise. Well, like you said, they're obviously down 3 nothing to the Panthers, and I didn't watch much of the Panthers versus Bruins series, but watching the final game, Game 7, where Florida barely won that game and stunned all of Boston was insane, and probably one of my favorite moments in recent playoff hockey history. Um, but the fact that they're kicking Toronto's ass right now doesn't surprise me at all. And I don't think it surprises any of us, honestly, just because they haven't won. They haven't proved themselves. And like John said, they shouldn't be like, no one's job should be safe right now at all. Just because you may not pass one round and you're losing to what the seventh ranked seed or the lowest ranked seed in playoff right now in the playoffs. Your job shouldn't be safe at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Because who knows? If Florida wins this series, which by the looks of it, they're going to win this series and sweep Toronto, 
they could get their ass kicked in the next round. So, like, this doesn't, like, losing to this bad of a team right now, it's not good for them at all. I will admit, I had Toronto in seven. I, I thought I thought Florida beat Boston great, but I thought Toronto built a great team. But just knowing Toronto, knowing how they choke year in, like year after year. Last year, they they choked against the Lightning and lost. They do it all the time. They got <laughs> lucky this year. They literally got lucky. I will say, though, for you Penguins fans, the, the Maple Leafs starting goaltender got injured. One of the backups is a man who won two Stanley Cups, Matt Murray. He's a backup for what team? The Maple Leafs. Really? Really? He's had injuries, so he's been on the bench. I didn't he, even know that. He's been scratched. He probably could have been the starter if he's been healthy. The last time that I saw him, like, it was, he was in, he was on Ottawa. He was in Ottawa, and they got rid of, they traded him. Yeah. They traded him to the Maple Leafs. Dude, he's been passed around more than, like, a like a, like a legal joint. I mean, <laughs> the dude's been everywhere. I It's wild. Yeah, they play tomorrow. I'm not sure who the starter's going to be. But they could start Matt yeah. Murray. You think, Matt Murray. You think. Matt Murray could save the Maple Leafs. Season. He's he is he has stunned teams in the playoffs before. He He's has helped it. our Penguins. He has killed our Penguins lately. But Matt Murray could save them. Speaking of very crappy teams, Chicago just won the draft lottery. They got the oh first overall pick in the draft, and obviously, there's a couple. Stuff going around. Do you, John? Do you think that the draft pick should be revoked for them this year? I mean, I think they're just a terrible franchise. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when they won their Stanley Cup, they had a controversy with Kyle Beach. There was abuse going on, primarily with trainers, but the player players knew, the head coach knew. So it's recently come to light. The head coach of the Blackhawks at the time. He was with the Florida Panthers when this came out, and he's been gone from the league since. He's been punished, and honestly, and like some of these players, like Patrick Kane, like are thought of very lowly by some. Devontae's their captain; he just retired. Like some people don't really like them, and some people think their organization should be punished. And honestly, they just got Connor Bedard, who is on a Crosby-McDavid level right now. Like, he is an elite prospect that, like, we've seen. I mean, and the Blackhawks just get him. They lo- they got rid of Patrick Kane. They just had a dynasty. And with a dynasty with controversy, and they just got rewarded. They they didn't even have the top, like, the top odds. Anaheim Ducks had the top odds. They had the worst season. And the Blackhawks... Or the only team that moved up in the lottery. And they get a franchise player now. Yeah. It's... Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people think it's rigged. That's why I, that's, I have a follow-up question for you. Do you, like... And th- I think, from where I stand, I, I think this should be gone. I think this should be gone. Do you think the draft lottery for both, like, for NHL and NBA should just be abolished? Like, honestly, I'm, at this point? I'm a bit torn because the reason is... <clears throat> is the reason there is a lottery is to prevent tanking yeah. in a way. It's like, because in the NFL, like the Texans, for example, it's like, oh, you got to just lose every game and you get the number one overall pick. Boom. And then people are mad. It's like, oh, you you won the last week. So now you don't have the number one pick. 
Well, if there's a lottery, you're not guaranteed a number one pick if you're the worst team. So, like, it desensitizes tanking. Like, it convinces teams that tanking might not be the best thing. Like, a four seed the other year bumped up to one. Or, like, the one seed, no, it was the one seed that went to four, which is crazy. So, it makes tanking less, on in theory, <laughs> it doesn't motivate tanking. But then again, if you are the worst team in the league, like you should and you should get like the best prospect available to help your team. The Ducks are going to miss out on Connor Bedard when really they could use him. So, I would say if I had a pick right now, I would say get rid of the lottery because I think it does create unfair advantages. I I agree 100%. I I don't I don't know if I'm in favor of it. It's I I understand, especially uh, in terms of pre- like preventing tanking and stuff like that. But when you have a team who severely struggles, like the Anaheim Ducks, and I like I know the Arizona Coyotes, they play at like Arizona State, like yeah. that's where they play. They play in front of five thousand fans right now. It, that that's embarrassing for for an NHL team. And they're also getting a new stadium that's gonna be. A little bit bigger than the current stadium they're playing. Exactly, which is a college stadium. They have zero fans in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Gary Bettman is the commissioner. He is dead set in the Coyotes staying in Arizona, which honestly is so stupid at this point. They, if they were, if well, I was about to say, if if they're smart, they should move to like Salt Lake City. That's where a lot of, um, that's where a lot of teams looking to move. I know, like the Oakland A's are, (coughs) excuse me, Oakland A's are probably going to move to Vegas. And they were they were also looking to move to Salt Lake uh, City, Utah. I and if the Coyotes were smart, they would they would relocate. They would relocate for sure. They should, but I doubt it would happen. Yeah, but I, I, the, the lottery, I, I understand it from both sides uh, of the spectrum for sure. Um, I personally don't like it. I think it does create kind of an unfair advantage for teams who do just genuinely like suck. Like I, I hate to, I hate to say it, but like, the Ducks, they suck. They suck. Coyotes, they suck. Blackhawks, they suck. Blue Jackets, suck. Yeah, they suck. I mean, like at the end of the day, like they're not good organ. Like they're not good teams. And I'm, I, <laughs> I do not like the Blackhawks, especially like. I don't want to dive too deep into that controversy, but I, I if if all that really is like one hundred percent true, which it seems to be, like that's just. That's embarrassing uh, for their entire franchise. But, Jakey, I, I know you're eager. You are very eager to talk about this new deal for Shohei Otani. Yes. The Angels pitcher, stud player. What's up with what's, what's up with that? So, him? everyone's talking around right now. He's a free agent coming up this year. Otani? Uh, yes, after the season. And people are saying, is he worth $600 million? That's what they're saying a deal he might get done with. Not exactly with Angels, but any team that wants him. Pirates. <laughs> I would love for the Pirates to get him, but would our owners spend that much money? Oh, no. no. Like, I do not no. think so. But anyways, he's batting a three oh one right now, has seven home runs, and as of the 9th of May, he has a 4 nothing win-loss ratio. Yeah. And he he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. 
And honestly, the Angels are second in the division right now. I believe they're behind the Rangers from what I saw. <clears throat> but you gotta pay him. Oh, for sure. You gotta pay him. You can't let a team like the Yankees or oh, uh, Houston or someone else because they will pay him. You have to pay him. He is your franchise oh, with yeah. Mike Trout. He really, really is. And the fact that he can bat this good and hit this uh, bat this good and throw this good is insane. Because no one else can do it. And I'm kind of sad MLB got rid of the pitcher role where the pitcher can't hit. Granted, I mean, it makes the game way much more fun having a DH. But having Otani go places and have him hit and throw, like, he he could throw a, what's it called, a no-hitter and have five home runs the whole game. Obviously, that's unrealistic. But you get my point. Yeah. He's such a stud. And like we said, we would love... For the Pirates to get him, but it's, it's it's unrealistic. It's so unrealistic. It really is because the Angels will keep him. But speaking of the Pirates, they're so fun right now. They're so fun to so watch. Fun. Yeah, I mean, granted, they just lost seven games, In a row. and they just won one, and they just lost one. But point is, they're such a great team to watch. Atmosphere is fantastic at that stadium. It's unbelievable because everyone's so excited to see it like i was at the game yesterday kutch still comes up to back and people still stand for this man they stand and cheer that stadium goes nuts even if he strikes out they don't care they love having him back yeah and just to see everyone so happy and them playing half decent it's kind of nice and i'm hoping they can keep it up but those three losses to tampa and those three losses toronto that didn't help their cause at all. It really, really did not help them. Now, do you think... I mean, we're all Pirates fans here. Do you think they have a shot at at least just making the playoffs? I don't know. It's it's a toss-up. Because, like, right now, they if they win, like, two out of three games for each series, they could. But once All-Star break comes, everything changes. Like, we were talking the other day, Dan, like, you said, just wait till the All-Star break. Because that's when everything starts going. Like, the Yankees, for example. They're in last place right now. I don't think I can remember the last time the Yankees were in last place. Granted, they have Tampa in their division. Tampa's monster right Phenomenal. Now. Phenomenal. But Tampa kicked our butt the other day. Badly. We barely almost won against them. But we had to score two runs in the top of the ninth when it was 3 nothing. Oh, yeah. You can't have that. And, like, me and my buddy, we have tickets to every game at home. And every game, he texts me. He says, this team doesn't hit. They trust on the walks. Like, they'll sit there and hopefully they get a walk. And they do get the walks. But games like Tampa and Toronto, you can't have that. You have to swing the bat. You don't have to swing for the fences, but just end the gap, short, get on base. You can score so many runs. You can beat these teams, and that's what they need to do. And as it stands right now, Milwaukee is one game ahead of us, but they are currently losing to the Dodgers at the time of this recording. So, therefore, the Pirates will move up, I believe. But that will be a big game when we play Milwaukee. So We don't, we don't play Milwaukee till July, actually. I've looked at the schedule. Yeah, really? we don't we don't we don't play Milwaukee till till July. So we we only play them. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the first time you play them, which is interesting. Um, I'm gonna be honest. 
we started off the year hitting very well. We, we were hit, we were hitting the ball well. Um, pitching has been atrocious all year. The only guy, um, there, there's two guys that I, I I really admire on this team, and it's Mitch Keller and Ovi, uh, Oviedo. Those are the only two pitchers that I think are somewhat solid. Mitch Keller had a phenomenal game yesterday. It was beautiful. They the, let him pitch the whole game. He pitched all nine innings, which ended the longest streak in Pirates history, that or actually like MLB history, um, for allowing like your starting pitcher to pitch all nine innings. We were the we were the bottom team. We have not allowed uh, our starting pitcher to pitch nine innings in, in I don't know how many years, but it's so long. But I'm gonna be honest. We had a great start to the year. Great start. I don't think we're gonna win seventy games. I don't think we're gonna win seventy games. I think we can get seventy. Um, the over under was the over under was I believe sixty three and a half, or s- either that or sixty seven and a half. I I'm gonna be honest. We 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 could split it. We could like win a couple series here and there, but in when I, like, I was telling you, Carlin, when we get the All Star, when we get to the All Star break, it's all going downhill. It's all going downhill. We're, I don't think we're gonna win seventy games. I'll say 75 at max. There's no way that the Pirates win more than 75 games. There's no way. We can't hit or pitch right now. You, how, how, are you, how do you have a professional organization that can't hit or pitch? That's baseball. Like, I say we're in a hitting slump. I think throughout the year we've proven that we can hit. We are in a slump right now. But honestly, though, the Pirates, whether they're good or not, they're a poverty franchise. I mean... As Pittsburgh fans, we're not used to that. We're used to the Penguins, and we're used to the Steelers. We're used to, whether it's being in the playoffs almost every year or having winning records with Tomlin, we're used to that. The Pirates, though, are poverty. When when we were kids, we had guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Neil Walker, Marte, Polanco, and we were like a playoff wildcard team. We had Garrett Cole. Like, we, we had Garrett Cole, who's one of the best pitchers right now. I wouldn't well, say best, but... But he's very well-respected in the league. Everyone uh, knows who he is. Yeah. But we had him. We had Debatable, him. Debatable, but yeah. He won with the Astros. He's successful. Uh, he became successful when he left us, which is kind of a story with the Pirates. Well, oh, yeah, I agree. Right. Sure. But what we've done is we've just... We gave up. We literally gave up. Look at the trade with Tampa Bay some years ago where we got Chris Archer... We gave up Glasnow and Meadows, who both turned out to be very good. And Archer sucks, and he's now, he's, he's now gone with us. So, we give up people. We gave up Andrew McCutcheon at the time. We, the past couple of years, we gave up Adam Frazier, who was doing good. We gave him up. We got rid of Josh Bell when we had potential with him. Like, every time we seem to be doing good, we just get rid of it. We keep rebuilding. And we've been rebuilding for years. My dad, he's not even a fan anymore. He doesn't care because his whole lifetime, they've just been rebuilding, restarting. This is the trend with the Pirates. It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle that we re-signed Brian Reynolds. It's a miracle. Because we would never do that. Never. But since they did it, are they going to continue to do it? I doubt it. I I'm glad. I'm glad they sent him to eight years, but <laughs> Cabrian Hayes was not worth eight years. We signed him to an eight-year deal too. His deal was potential. That's praying 
that well, he becomes good. Yeah, but at, I don't. Why would you? Why would you give a young player like that an eight-year contract though? But if he like, turns, if he turns elite, though, I don't care. You resign. Like I don't care. He's like he's. But he hasn't shown to be anything good yet. But if he Still. if he became elite, would you trust this team to pay him? When was the last time a Pirates player became elite in our organization? Can you think of one besides Andrew McCutcheon? Brian Reynolds, potentially. No, before, like, like uh, in the past. You're, you're talking like. You see, what I'm, you see what I'm saying? It hasn't like been since the '70s, years, '70s, '80s, decades. There hasn't been a Pirate been player that's come in and produced like McCutcheon has. Like you, like you. I can't think of one. I can't think of one. Martin or, was good. No, bro. Marte stinks. Mart, bro, yeah. him and Polanco. Don't even get me started oh, Polanco, on both. Of those. I mean, Polanco's not. Elite. Both of them are bums. I'm gonna say it straight. They're both bums. They stink. They were not good on the Pirates. They were terrible. They they're not good. If people think that they're good baseball players, they did not watch the Pirate games. They did not watch them. They're not good players. I will say with this team though, going to a couple games I've been to this year already, our team kind of does look solid. They haven't been hitting right now, but Key uh, Kiwan Bay. He's a dog when it comes to stealing bases. He's a dog. And they better keep him for it. Because he can actually run it and not worry about it. And you have, like, Jack Sawinski. He's so good. I remember, like, at the beginning of the season, I was like, this dude stinks. And then, literally, that same night, he hit a home run. And I was like, okay, uh, never mind. He's actually really good. Yeah, well, I mean, the, part of that reason is because... Uh, I mean, he, he played great at the end of last year whenever, whenever he got called up. But he uh, he got injured. Um, I, I don't know if it was the end of last year or the beginning of this year, or like spring training. But the the batting coach switched his batting form. Yeah. And it, it jacked them all up. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand how a guy ends off the season hitting, he's slanging yard. Like he's over the fences, like Babe Ruth, it's gone. Like, come on, man. Like peanut, like peanuts and cracker jacks, it's it's flying out of here, and the the coach changes his batting form. Why do you do that to a kid? I, I don't get it. Jiwon Bay is good. It sucks that he's that he's day to day now, but he he's a guy I like, and I think that he's a guy that we can get on a cheap deal for sure. But um, yeah, this team they have a lot of potential. They just gotta hit, and they gotta get they gotta get pitchers. It's and been years since we've pitchers. had consistent pitching. Years. Oh, yeah. I th- last I remember was 2015 in that wild card. I remember like half like half those pitchers. I remember half of them. I can't even tell you like five pitchers on the Pirates. Just because they're all so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. We uh, have Rich Hill, who's 44. <laughs> or they suck like Rich Hill. I miss like, I miss like A.J. Burnett and like Bad Francisco man. Liriano. Uh, oh, man, that's been... Those were good times for I sure. I will say, though, we do have a great closer with uh, our current closer. I can't think of his name. Oh, um. Mr. Renegade. Oh, my God. I, uh, uh, Bernard. Or Bernard. David, David, uh, Bednar. Bednar. Yeah. David Bednar. Yeah. He, oh, he, he, he was an all-star last year. But they need to get more pitchers without saying mm-hmm. more pitchers. So, we're going to end this bit of a fun note. <laughs> this is a topic that. I think it's probably made a lot of people laugh in the news. A lot of people don't like this person. It's related to the NFL. We're talking about Jackson Mahomes. Oh, yeah. The infamous brother of Patrick Mahomes. The GOAT. We all love Patrick, but we don't love Jackson. So, tell us 
What happened to Jack? I mean, I I mean, well, I don't know if you guys have seen the video or not, but uh, oh, I've seen it. He essentially, well, not not essentially. He just straight up grabbed the uh, uh, the owner of a bar and just made out with her, like straight up, kissed her twice like, on four K. Like I was like sixty. I was like sixty four K. I was caught him. Um, I don't know. If there was any, like, other physical violence... It was primarily that. Yeah, it was mainly, like, the kissing and, like... Or, like, I don't think, like, no one was hit or anything like right. that. But it's just kind of... I mean... I mean, I, I hope that woman is, is okay and she is healing. But Jackson Mahomes, what are you doing, my brother? I will say, just so you all know, Jackson <coughs> Mahomes is a TikTok god, you oh, know? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, I mean, he dances. I mean... I mean, the reason why people hate him, though, I mean, for, I mean, you can say what you want about the dancing, but he's been on the field doing it. There's that video of him on Sean Taylor's number. Oh yeah, on like Sean Taylor's like he memorial. danced. Yeah, he danced on his number. He he and Brittany Patrick's wife, the way they celebrate. I mean, she was drunk, spilling beer on everybody. Yeah. I they, mean, oh, yeah. the NFL community hates these people. They they just they're they're doing a little bit too much extra stuff with kind of like the way they are. I mean they they got more money than us, so I mean good to them, good good, good for them. But I mean, I, I I don't know. They they're just kind of lost in the sauce, man. I don't know. Not 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 a big fan for sure. See with Jackson, it's it's like obviously if his brother never was in the NFL, he wouldn't be famous. Yeah, he might have like a couple like a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. But not anywhere compared to what he would have with his brother. And it's sad. It really is. I mean, granted, Jackson's living his life the way he wants to. Obviously, this arrest situation was not the way he intended it to go. But he just needs to, like, back up. He doesn't have to completely part ways from his brother's life. Again, it's family. But obviously it's not helping his situation out and it's not it's not going to tank Patrick Mahomes career everyone says it's going to ruin it it's not but he just needs to back up and let everything go away for him before he does something else okay i think that will do it here this was a this was our first episode of inside the dome so thank you carlin jacob dan smith I'm John Dodaro. Thank you all for listening. I know it went on a very long time, but this was our first episode. We will probably oh, yeah. we'll probably learn. The quality will probably get better. We might have different topics. We might branch out a bit. Sports are probably going to die a little bit coming July, but we will see. There might be other topics we might talk about. We plan on talking about mental health. We might talk about music, movies, other things that might catch our attention. We'll try to release around Mondays or Thursdays. We'll finalize that. But thank you all for listening and have a great day.